great. Hi there, it's Bill Price. It's time out. Time for yet another dynamic leadership coaching session. In this coaching session, we're going to be focusing on part one of coaching teams and teamness. A leader that thinks that they cannot do it without other people is a person who lives in delusion. A leader is a leader because of the team. A leader is a leader who takes people from where they are to where they need to be within a given timeline to achieve specific goals and objectives, which everyone has had opportunity to collaborate and to obtain high degrees of personal buy-in and collective understanding of how each one plays a role in the greater part. Primary among the qualities that lift great leaders above second-rate people and leaders is the commitment to building a team. A, a team is a group of people that have a focus. They've transcended from a group and they have transcended into the arena of focus, of unity, of loyalty, of shared strength, of commonality and an energy that is synchronized and orchestrated. Team building is about the connection of relationships. So if you'll take some time to grab hold of an A4 page, and if you could turn it landscape rather than portrait, I'd like you to um, leave a little space at the top, and then we're going to draw four circles on the left-hand side of the page in a vertical line and then on the right hand side we're going to draw a circle opposite that also vertically downward. So you'll have a space at the top to make comment and to write down comment you've got four circles on the left hand column and four circles opposite each other on the right hand side uh, large enough to be able to write in and write around. At the top of the page, I'd like you to write the word leadership mind frame. For every leader to be successful when working with a team, whether they are a uh, permanent team, in other words, they are employed, or a team that is not permanent and they are simply volunteers, the principles remain the same. The main criteria that the leader has to begin to develop is the development of relationship and the connection of the relationship space within each team member toward each other team member. In coaching, we use the 80-20 principle. And by that, we simply mean that 80% of any business success, whether it's corporation, NGOs, church organization, whatever, 80% of that business is because of interpersonal relationships, because of people. Take people out of a business and all you've got is a building with systems that are not going to work simply because it takes people to press the button. It takes people to think. It takes people to uh, creatively communicate and to integrate. 20% is about the skills of each person. The skills, the talent set, 
the knowledge, the wisdom, the capacity, the experience, and the expertise. Many people think that if we can just have skills and expertise, and we don't have the 80%, which is the person side of it, the ethos side of it, the character side of it, the integrity side of it, the interpersonal relationship side of it, the connection side of it, then the 20% is simply a waste of energy. It's about people. A leader working together with a team needs to be aware of the fact that they have to have a mind frame and they have to have, I think, round about very, very, uh, uh, round about 10 very important mind frames. they tough mind frames. The first mind frame, and you're writing on the top of your page, not down on the columns on the left or right yet, is that a leader needs to have a mind frame or an attitude of expecting the, be the best, believing in the strength, the possibilities, the latent richness of their people and the situations. The second mindset is that is the capacity to be able to have a clearly defined plan, a target, with all needs, listed priorities, so that one can be fully aware of what you headed towards. The third mind frame is one of being able to be absolutely aware, to be conscious, to be curious, to show interest in each team members' uniqueness and their capacity. The fourth mind frame is to be able to have a well-developed, well-defined dream that creates for you three things, focus, clarity, and a sense of magne magne uh, uh, magnetizing. There's a book that was written on a purpose-filled life or a purpose-filled church and the painful thing about it is that purposeful and driven is a Western philosophy. It's not an Eastern philosophy, and Jesus was born out of an Eastern philosophy. He was Jewish. And the reality is that our dreams mustn't demand that we need to press forward towards them. Our dreams must have an attraction in them that draws us one step at a time. The fifth mindset for a leader of an effective team is they must have a capacity to see the gold and the good in every person. The sixth mindset is to be able to have knowledge and to be able to turn information into intelligence. The seventh mind frame is the ability to focus on service and quality standards. The eighth Mindset is to have a mindset of believing in what I believe in. The ninth mindset is to be able to radiate energy and passion. And the tenth mindset is to be concerned and to be tough-minded, to expect the best and to work with deflections and deviance very quickly. So it's important that all the terms are delegated and expected with great clarity 
and that as a team leader, you pay attention to working from within your mindset into the lives of your team. On the first circle on the left-hand side, um, or and concurrent to the circle on the right, parallel to it, on the left-hand side, I want you to write unclear, unshared goals in, the, in that circle. And on the right-hand side, opposite that, is clear, shared goals. If we focus on the left-hand side circle, when a team does not have clear, shared goals, and they are unclear and unshared and unowned, then you're going to have, and you can write these words around the circle, you're going to have confusion, you're going to have indifference, you're going to have boredom, you're going to have frustration, and eventually you're going to have apathy. On the right-hand side, however, is clear shared goals. And when you have clear shared goals into which the whole team as an individual have bought into and owned, then you will have energy and commitment and activity and satisfaction and enthusiasm. On a scale from one to nine, from left to right, so in other words, closest to the circle on the left, you indicate one, and closest to the circle on the right, you indicate nine. You can use this as a short questionnaire together with each team member to ask them to plot two things. Number one, plot where you are as an individual team member. And secondly, plot where you would see the team presently in terms of how you perceive it and how you experience it. Those scores are then added, averaged out, and then you can begin to develop a profile. A profile that says, well, each individual is plotting themselves on this part of the scale and has plotted the team on this part of the scale and then turn it into a discussion. But the objective is to shift the team from average, which is usually seven, beyond seven to get them to about eight, 8.5. If you can get 8.5, you have an exceptional team, but then you also have the problem of being able to sustain that. So very rarely do you have a team that functions at 8.5 every single day uh, of the year. There are seasons, and we need to build that reality into it. The second circle on the left is structure, or the lack thereof. And on the right-hand side, is a clear shared structure. So when we pay attention to working with teamness, the left-hand side circles are about being separate. In other words, disconnected. And the right-hand side circles are about being a team that are far more connected. When you have a lack of structure, you're going to have team members that are going to experience anxiety, power plays, competitiveness, rigidity, and no coordination. And these are signs and symptoms that you as a team leader have to constantly be aware of and to scan using your intuition and your capacity and your wisdom and also, of course, being able to make discoveries from behavioral patterns of your team. 
On the right-hand side, when you have a clear shared structure, you'll have a team that experiences confidence, coordination, flexibility, adaption, and efficiency. And again, you can ask each team member to allocate a score for themselves and to allocate for a score for the team as they experience it. In the left-hand circle, the third one, we have lack of performance standards. In other words, lack of clarity of what's expected. And in the right-hand circle opposite is there's a clear shared expectation in terms of outcomes and uh, what is expected with regards to performance. Looking at the left-hand circle, when we don't have clear performance standards defined, we're going to experience in each team member or in most of the team members anxiety, fear of failure, no risk-taking, they're unrealistic uh, in their expectations, and you've got people who are just ex uh, experiencing rebelliousness. They're just simply uh, butting themselves against the rules and coming up with creative ways of how they can literally um, bend the rules. In the right-hand circle, where we find clear shared standards of excellence, you'll find connection, you'll find realistic expectations, you'll have a sense of equity, you'll have um, consciousness of quality, you'll have ambition, and you'll have personal ownership or self-regulation. And there, once again, you can ask your team members to allocate a mark um, from one to nine where they'll plot themselves and a mark from one to nine where they will plot the team as they perceive it. The fourth circle is the lack of attraction. Um, in other words, there's no magnet pulling. And on the right-hand side, there is a pull, a, a magnet that is pulling that. In other words, we are being attracted. The left-hand side circle, when we don't have this attraction built in, in other words, in the vision, are very clearly defined. So what's attractive to us about our vision that compels within us rather than drives us uh, to move towards the next statistical um, output? You're going to find self-centeredness, aloofness, absent, also absenteeism, individualism, and people that are non-cooperative. They're basically just their own. On the right-hand circle, you'll find people, when we're moving towards a commonality of attraction and everybody is personally connected with their values and their beliefs to the vision and its values and its beliefs, you're going to have a sense of concern for one another, connected relationship, you're going to have mutuality in terms of reliance upon each other. You're going to have healthy interdependence and dependence and independence. You're going to have fun. You're going to have stimulation. And you're going to have enjoyment or engagement. Using this exercise, you as a team leader can then begin to see where you, with intentionality, can pay attention 
to working together with your team and making the most of your leadership effectiveness. Remember your role as a leader is to orchestrate and facilitate a commonality of focus and engagement of your team on each task, but each task must be woven into the reality of the bigger whole, the vision. And the vision must have focus, it must have clarity, and it must have uh, a high definition of uh, why we're actually doing it. That's the attraction factor. The factor that draws the team towards that one goal. Where I, as a team member, are sold out, not only based on my personal motivations, but also based on the commonality when we achieve this particular goal and objective. Of course, the leader needs to appreciate the team, needs to validate the team, needs to recognize second mile uh, input and effort, and then there has to be a reward and a celebration. I am convinced that the, the, there's a great, great lack in the art of celebration in businesses and organizations. They leave it too long, too late. They wait for the end of the year when they hand out prizes, and then it feels as if it's just one of those subjective um, exercises. I believe that we need to give regular reward and have regular celebrations for the right reasons. Don't celebrate when you have not succeeded. When you've not succeeded, you need to pay attention to let's learn from this as an experience and let's pay attention to what we need to focus on to as a team to move us from where we are in terms of our learning to where we need to be. On average, if we use seven as um, a good average, in other words, you're doing a good job but average, we want to shift you to about 8, 8.5. The question is, what do we need to do over the next 30, 40 days in this particular criteria? What action steps do we need to take so that we can move towards the 8.5 within that timeline? The critical part of leadership is diagnostic and evaluation. But if we're going to do diagnostic and evaluation, it's about diagnosing and evaluating the same criteria all the way along the road. It's useless having one set of criteria in the beginning of the year that we're measuring ourselves against and halfway through the year we change. That's when we demotivate our team and the air comes out of the balloon and we find the balloon floating across the, the, the room um, in, in an incoherent path uh, only to be deflated and lie quietly in a corner. And then we try all sorts of efforts and energies to reinflate. It's too late then at that stage. The objective is not to deflate the team. Another important question that you need to ask your team members is, how do you want me to lead you? And let them write that down. And then ask the next question, how do you not want me to lead you? And let them give you their answers. Knowing how to lead them and how not to lead them 
is bringing you as a leader into conscious leadership. A lot of times leaders work with teams in an unconscious way because they guess. They use Maslow's hierarchy of needs and try and superimpose it over everybody. But every single person lives by their own interpretation. And if I can know that if I, am, uh, I demotivate Bob because he doesn't like detail and likes process rather and, and big picture rather than detail and he wants to work out the detail. If I know that fact about him, then I move into intentional leadership and I don't fall into the trap uh, of giving him the detail and getting him uh, deflated because I'm leading him and managing him in the wrong way. One of the critical aspects of diagnostic is to ask. The worst thing as a leader is to assume. So what I'd like you to do now, as a leader, I'd like you to rate yourself on the mind frames, which you wrote on the top of the page out of 10. And every mind frame that you have allocated seven and below, that needs a working plan. You need to ask yourself the question, what steps do I need to take to work in this area so that I can shift the score from 7 to a 7.5 to a 7.9 in the next 30 days? Give yourself realistic steps to measure and to move towards rather than saying, let me move to 9 within 30 days. You're delusional when you think you can move and make such big shifts in such a short time. Also pay attention as a leader to the facts that I have just shared with you and then work together with your team and turn this exercise into a diagnostic instrument together with your team. When you work with your team in a conscious way, you will find your team giving you results beyond what you could ever imagine. You can contact me on email at bill.price at me.com. Until our next coaching session, have a great one.